0: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good whatever it is wherever you're at. I'm Brad Schmidt. I am your host of the Schmidt Show podcast. Thank you for joining me today. We've got a fun show today. We're going to talk a little bit about Brett Kavanaugh and the uh, the confirmation hearings. Uh, that have just taken place out in Washington. I've got a special guest here with me today uh, who was actually at those hearings, so should make for a very, very interesting show with a lot of really good information. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Kavanaugh himself, some of the decisions and things that he has been a part of in the past. Um, He has been... um, It's hard to kind of explain Brett Kavanaugh in, in just one... Kind of sentence to say he's conservative or he's liberal or he's moderate or, or whatever he's a little bit more complicated guy than that um, he has clerked for judge uh, Justice Kennedy in the past he has been involved in some fairly significant rulings in the past as well uh, and in in my opinion he I, I feel like he has voted uh, or has has sided pretty well on on most of them. Um, there's been a couple that that have concerned me a little bit, but nothing nothing that I'm too terribly worried about as far as the um, the strength of the court moving forward. If you want to get a hold of us, if you want to be a part of the show, you can go to our face or our uh, our chat room at freenode. Um, it's Schmidtheads at freenode. Um, We are on Twitter and Facebook, and we're all all over the place. The podcast can be found at com. You can see the live stream there or you can go to podcast.theschmidtshow.com to subscribe. So, uh, But then again, if you're listening to this, you've probably already found it, so it's not really much of an issue at this point. However, if you want to share that information uh, with your friends, that's how you do it. So thanks for uh, joining me this morning, uh, this afternoon, wherever it is that you're listening to. If you're listening live and I see you, I see you in the chat room, I will try to address any questions you've got. You can give us a call at 866-766-1766 if you want to do it that way as well, if you're listening in live to the stream. So uh, in the studio with me is a uh, a friend of mine, somebody that I've known for several years now, I don't know, four, five, six years, something like that, that. maybe even more. Um, You, I think I first, Yana, met you in... When I was talking with Scott Hennen way back in 2011, yep, so, so six, yep. six seven years now maybe. Yep. So uh, Yana Murdoch is a state senator from North Dakota. You are the North Dakota state senator from District 10 in North Dakota. There's, what, 47 districts in 47. North Dakota? 47. Yep, 47, yeah, 47 districts yep. in North Dakota. Uh, you are one of our state senators. You've been involved with Concerned Women for America. You've mm-hmm. been a, a political activist for... Ages, most of your adult life, and even probably From into before your before you were yeah. born, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and probably even into your childhood, I'm assuming you were you involved some of that.
1: That's, some of my friends say that. I yeah. can't recall that.
0: You you've got an interesting story though, too. You are you are an American citizen yep. and have been married to an American for what, forty years? Thirty years? No,
1: twenty four years. Twenty four years? Oh yeah. all right.
0: See? All right. See. Not that old.
1: Well, but you're you didn't <laughs> I'm just kidding. Isn't your one son, isn't he almost thirty? No, 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 no. He's twenty. He's going to be twenty-three. Oh, all right. Are you are you. What are you saying? I'm in marriage for twenty-four, and my son is thirty. Well, I mean, this not every, not, not well. everybody has
0: their kids right
1: away. So, I <laughs> well, mean, that would have been the other way around.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay, I was. I, I did it. I was naughty. I my oh. my daughter. I was I was married in July, in August. True. My daughter was born in October. So. Gee, that's premature. I was. Yeah. She. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. Uh, I was not a. Uh, I didn't always live with the morals that I live with now. So well, But the good news is my wife and I are still married. We you yep, know, we right. we did everything wrong, right? I mean we it, by all the statistics and all of the, the the everything, we should not be married. We should have been shouldn't uh, have a job. Yeah, I should have, be you know, yeah. I should be a complete and utter failure, but by the grace of God here I am. So yep. yeah. Same so here. We I've been I just actually celebrated twenty two years. Wow. Um, in on August 10th. It was my 22nd anniversary. Congratulations. My daughter will be turning 22 in a couple of months. My son just turned 17. So, Anyway, so my guest, back to you, is Jana Myrdal. And as I said, you've got an interesting story. You were actually born in Norway. Yes, I was. And how much of your childhood did you spend in Norway before you came to um, the U.S.?
1: Absolutely my entire. I didn't come to the U.S. until I was 20, 21. Okay. So I'm the only one of my family that came over. I actually okay. came... Uh, um, into Texas and did um, uh, worked for the Christian uh, missionary and relief organization into Central America. Okay. During the whole Iran Contra thing, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what people remember. There were <clears throat> about sixty eight, seventy thousand kids that were just brought over the border from into Belize and in Mexico. So right. we worked there, and that led me into a bunch of other inner city work in the U. S. And so I was just going to come for a year. Before I went to university, <laughs> so I'm enrolled in the University of Oslo, right? Just academic right. family, yep. And yep. and my dad looks at me like, Where are you going? I go, I'm just going to take a year, you know. Yeah, and uh, we here in America tick-tock. we go over
0: to Europe and and yeah. and spend a few years in yeah. Europe. And
1: uh, I came here, and, and and 12 years later, my dad was still going, Are you coming home? <laughs> <laughs> and then We're, I ran into this big, good looking farmer. And I, was it was say, I was gonna
0: say, I was gonna say, pretty young, blonde Norwegian girl well, meets well, an American so young, farmer, but, and yeah, and here we are. And now you've been married for twenty four years. And I'm an and immigrant,
1: and I don't say legal immigrant, Brad, because there's no such thing. Yeah, if you're an immigrant, that equals yeah. legal. If yeah. you're an illegal, illegal immigrant, you're not an immigrant. And that's
0: the other thing. You did it the right way, right? Yep. You came here and did. and did the whole thing. And
1: the whole sh- before I met my husband, by the way, right? So yeah, I was yeah. it wasn't I like you were.
0: Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get married <laughs> so you just so you could stay here, kind of. thing. No
1: mail order yeah. bride. No male. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I would say most American men. Would think you would be the perfect male American or male order bride.
1: Wow, is this a commercial for something? Blonde-haired, blue-eyed
0: Norwegian girl. <laughs> I mean, old. that's like
1: <laughs> that's like that's like every that's like
0: every American Viking spirit, right? Especially around this area, right? Yeah, that's true. I, who would like, known?
1: That I moved to America and I'm I marry a guy named Myrdal. Yeah. No, seriously, the backstory of that. So I tell right? my dad. Right. I'm home one summer and met this guy and he goes. Is he Norwegian Myrdal. too. He goes like, <laughs> you go to America and there's like what 750, no, 350 million people, and you don't find a Smith or a Jones right. or Johnson or something. yeah, it's yeah. Johnson. Yeah. You yeah. find a Myrdal, which by the time at that time there was a guy in Norway named Arnie Myrdal, I think, who was a neo-Nazi. Oh so my, my d- goodness. Oh yes, my dad oh, was no. like, my dad was like, um, uh, any Not- any relations? They go, no, no.
0: Well, and and that's somewhat of an interesting story too, because your parents were were virantly oh. anti. Nazi anti-socialism because oh, they huge. they witnessed it
1: they went you, through
0: it yeah. we're gonna get to the Kavanaugh thing and I, I want to do that because yep. that's a yep. that's an important part because you yep. were actually in the hearings but I want to talk just a little bit about this real quick first because okay. because your your family literally were victims of
1: Nazi Nazis and, yeah. and
0: and the, and socialism and all that. Can you give us just a little bit of that story? And I know that's well, maybe a really vague question. But- no,
1: no, no, no. It's um the the, the the main part of that is I grew up in a little town in Norway called Rukan. Um and there's lots of movies. It's where the heavy water was produced. Okay. And the heavy water was a component of the A bomb. Right. And so <clears throat> excuse me. The big race for the A bomb happened in my little village, if you will, okay. in, in Norway. So um and anybody who's listening, uh, Google the Heavy Water. There's on Netflix right now. There's a series on it. There's lots of movies back to Kirk Douglas and others. Um, so yeah, mom and dad were uh, in their mid to late teens during that time. Mm-hmm. My uh, maternal grandfather was in the resistance, so he was up in the mountains hiding. Two of my uncles were taken into concentration camp in Norway as hostages. Um, you know, Gestapo would sh- show up as mom walked home from school and yeah, sit there till two in the morning. So yeah, and my you know they grew up with that and. And I, people ask me, why do you do? What do you do? You know, whether it's pro-life or whether it's whatever I do. Um, Two things. My Christian faith certainly motivates me. Mm -hmm. But I think that just that DNA hearing dad say never again, because Mm -hmm. Brad, they didn't know that it was just going to be five years. Right. For them, it was eternity, right? Yeah. So your life is over. Right. You, You live under German rule and... And it was horrible. I mean, my uncle, um, both of them survived. One of them just passed away last year in his nineties, and just started talking about it. But yeah, um, it, it's something that that just put a hold on their lives. They never were able to go to school and do the things they wanted to do because Norway had to rebuild afterwards. Yeah. So I, when I was young, I was like, oh yeah, shut up, Dad. You know, I'm like, right. I hear about this. The older I get, I go, thank you. You start to realize it, do a little bit of history yeah. study. It. Amazing yeah. history. Amazing history. Now with
0: all of that that experience now you of course were too young you weren't even born no, I, when I any was, of this was, i was born was 17 years later right. so to my so,
1: parents that was nothing to, right to us i've never seen war you never seen it you yet. haven't seen war.
0: no no i i mean the the worst i remember is is hiding under a desk in elementary school All right. you know stop Training. yeah in case the russians yeah. nuked us or yeah. whatever right yeah. Yeah. so that was that was the extent of my experience and then, of course you know in the in the mid-90s uh with uh, the with Norman Schwarzkopf and yeah. and Iraq and all that, but it is still removed, right? But it you was didn't... yeah, it was it was on TV. Yeah, you know it was it was and it wasn't I because I, I I mean my brother was in the National Guard mm-hmm. in the in the early nineties, so there was maybe some concern that he might be called up and and go yeah. over there, but it was such a remote possibility that it wasn't like oh no, we were worried about it. And and so it was. I mean, so we got the gravity of it. We understood what was going on. Yeah. But like you say, it was it was over there. It's over there. It's and over even, there. even
1: those brave soldiers, and we need to honor them as nine eleven comes up tomorrow, yeah. right? So, yeah. So uh, not not taking anything whatsoever away from from those who have sacrificed. But I remember my mother in law when she came over to our wedding when we got married right. in Norway, and we took her on the tour mm. of where the Allies had bombed. And I mean, I used to play in bomb shelters and stuff right. when I grew up because I was just that's just yeah, it you was know, part of still there, up. right? Yeah. So. Um, she said something that, that that startled me. She goes after she met my mom and dad, who went through it. She goes, "We all sacrifice. America sacrificed greatly, but she said, I never felt the war. Mm. The war never came to our shores.' Right. And she kind of got that right. picture of the difference of that. So yeah.
0: we, yeah, uh, over here, the sacrifice was you know food rations and and, and some of yeah your boys over yeah, yeah and some of that kind of yeah. stuff. It was for your parents. It was front and center. Occupation. It was, yeah, yeah. It was it, there was. There was literally Nazis coming to your home.
1: Yep, and may wow. God help us that never happens again. Yeah,
0: and see, and this is the thing, and 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 this is where I get really, I really get wound up when I get into when I start talking politics and and history and and socialist ideologies and mm-hmm. the Bernie Sanders people and the Alexandria Casio Cortez people that that think this is such a wonderful thing is. The the horrors that I mean, if you talk about socialism in Europe, it's a oh. different discussion. Oh, if you look it's at an entirely Lenin and different Stalin discussion. and
1: Mao, yep. they, they killed more than Hitler did. Oh, and see, and I, I mean, it's insane, right? And this is something,
0: and I've actually brought this up. So, I, uh, for those of you that are listening, I also do a terrestrial radio show on thirteen ten KNOX in in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and and so I've talked about this on my radio show several times. The 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 we we make hitler out to be this evil like the 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 personification of evil and and he for, was. And, but, and for yeah. good reason right but but when you start talking about these these horrifying dictators and and despots over the years oh, yeah. lenin stalin and mao i mean eclipse hitler by miles i think what made hitler so evil though is i don't i don't believe and and i might be alone in this but i don't believe hitler ever planned to win I, I, because and, and, and the reason I say and I think this is what makes him so much more evil and makes Hitler so much worse. Because if Hitler really wanted to win, right, he killed six million Jews. Yeah. Why not just enslave them, use them as 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 front defense to protect the German soldiers? You know, just send them out there and get them slaughtered until the Americans and the the rest of the 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 Europeans run out of bullets. The only answer
1: after that is I think it was spiritual.
0: Well, yeah, that, yeah. You know. There's, yeah, but I, I think, mean, it's
1: kind of biblical, like whatever. I mean, he yeah. went after the Jews for yeah. specific evil, right? And, I, and like reason, I say, I think you
0: know? that's what made it even that much more evil. Is he never really intended to install the Thousand Year Reich? He just wanted to kill Jews.
1: Yeah, you Crazy. know, that's that's, that's
0: that's he he was willing to essentially nearly destroy an entire continent. So he could kill some Jews. I mean, that's, that's the level of evil that Hitler was. And when you kind of put it in that perspective and go, he's got a ready-made human shield to protect the German army. If he wanted to march across all of Russia, he could have used 6 million Jews as shields to protect the Germans until the, everybody else ran out of bullets. <laughs> and he didn't. You know. Sure. So anyway, right. so that's a that's a maybe that's another discussion for yeah <laughs> that's a, that's another discussion for another time. So let's talk a little bit about your you your political activism. Like say you've done everything you were involved with Concerned Women for America. You've mm-hmm. been involved in local politics and national politics for most of your adult life. How did you get to where you're at today? To where we're going to talk about give us maybe the 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 quick you know backstory and then lead us into. How did you end up at the hearings in Washington, D.C. for the Judge Kavanaugh?
1: It's kind of amazing. I I, I tell my kids and I tell young people all the time, life is about relationships. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian, to me, of course, relationship with the Lord, first of all, but life is about relationships. And so um, I think all these years, probably now 20 plus years of, of activism, you know, doing the knocking on doors, you know, rolling up your sleeves, working for candidates, working for issues and kind of. Honestly, fearlessly doing so. Um, I'm not really afraid to go into the battle, whether it's right. for life, education, national sovereignty, uh, fighting sex trafficking, you name it. You get to know people, you know, mm-hmm. and you work alongside people. And so I was actually, um, it was last Tuesday, I got the phone call, which was the first day the the hearing started, right? on Monday. I get a phone call and said, could you be in DC by tomorrow morning? And I'm like, sure. Wow. <laughs> what for? Um, and of course, Heidi Heitkamp is one of the, one of the, um, the um, senators that we want to vote right. from her. So it certainly had to do with that. But it was a relationship. And so um, we had two guest passes from um, Senator Grassley, okay. who's, who's the chair. Right. And I got one of those. Wow. So, yeah, it's historical. It's an honor. Uh, it kind of blows you away because you realize this is probably one of the most historical, if not to this point, the most historical um Hearing on the Hill for a justice that we've ever seen
0: is. It, I mean, is that overselling it a bit? Because I mean, I think I think I, I, I think back to Robert Bork and some of these others, and and I'm not I'm not yeah. I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I just I'm trying to kind of play a little bit a little bit of devil's advocate here because I've actually talked about before that the reason a lot of the reason we have the laws that we have today, and a lot of the reason that we have the 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 judicial precedent that we have today is because it goes all the way back to what Abraham Lincoln did when Abraham Lincoln was elected president. And then for the next 70 years, barring a few hiccups, there was a Republican president in the office for nearly 70 years continuously. And a lot of the justices that we had were, were justices that were chosen by Republican presidents. And so
1: the divide wasn't so big,
0: right? And so that's what I'm saying. So this, I, I, I'm not, say, I'm not saying I disagree with you that this is one of the most historic, but it I, I think it very well could be. But at the same time, I want to kind of try and be well a little bit subjective yeah, a, and go. Yeah, it's a you strong know.
1: statement, but I, yeah. I, I think um, maybe because I think we're in such a um, place in history where if we go one way or the other, it's more dramatic, mm. um, and maybe that is because in the last probably 40 years, um, the court has become so. Uh, politically like an activist court right. on both sides. Right. Both sides, right? So it, it's kind of scary, Brad. Think about this. Let's, let's take Roe versus Wade, which, by the way, from the Democrats came up every five minutes in the hearing. Right. Um, you have, which is basically just a law that took the rights away from the states to regulate abortion, right? right? So five people decided that. But there's no word or, pro- or um, provision or language in the Constitution nor in the Liberty liberty Clause that they used in Roe vs. Wade, nor in the Bill of Rights, any of our founding documents, there's nothing that mentions this issue, abortion, none, zero, none. So five people in 1973 or 72 took the Liberty Clause and literally took a mathematical sign equals a right to an abortion. So to them, liberty equals a right to an abortion. Mm -hmm. And so they took that. That's how activist the court had gotten. Right. And you, in your intro, talked about Kavanaugh. Um, I wouldn't even deem him conservative or liberal. Uh, sitting right behind him, three seats behind him, I try to be off camera, for, <laughs> for two whole days um, with the screaming and hollering in the back, and we can get to that later. But, yeah. um, he was brilliant, and he wasn't brilliant in, 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 in a conservative way. He right. was brilliant as as to how justice as should a be. As a jurist. Blind. deaf. I mean, yeah, as a jurist. Right. Independent. And I mean, I would have, been so frustrated after five hours, I would have just yelled at some of these people that he stayed that course. And I think in the 12 years on the circuit court, D.C. circuit court, you can see that he stayed independent politically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to have a hard time finding that. Yeah. 40 yeah. years. yeah
0: yep. Now there's been some, there's been some um, comparisons of trying to compare him to Scalia or to Gorsuch or some others. Um, is he, he, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, these guys are, yeah. are known as some of the most, um, you know, the most, probably the most strict constitutionalists I've ever heard. And, and I don't know that I, in, in reading the limited amount of information that I have about, um, Kavanaugh, I don't know that I would put him on, on, on the same level as a, as a, as an Alito or, a. a Scalia or somebody like that but I think I would I would definitely say that he is not going to veer very far from original intent of the Constitution yeah. at all. And they, do you, and they do you see it the that. same way?
1: Yeah I think so. They talked about they asked him point blank "Are you what's an originalist and they mm. discussed that in detail and with the definition they gave and it's too long to, to say here. He probably is an originalist. I think Scalia was in a World of his own. Yeah, mean, the was the, brilliant. The, the, um, the
0: the 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 mind of because I I, I I have done this. i this is the kind of nerd that I am. I've actually gone back and read some of the the judicial decisions and me things too. that that these Are we guys. We're not the, normal. We're not normal. Not, no, that's definitely not normal. I don't know that I've <laughs> ever met anybody besides you that's actually read <laughs> yep. judicial you know I love th- opinions and stuff. But I've read. I mean, you can read Clarence Thomas's stuff, and it's and it's. I mean, it's sometimes some heavy reading, but it's understandable. You yeah. know, to to me, the layman, who doesn't have a degree in law i can read it and go okay i get what he's saying
1: yeah
0: you know i had to get out the dictionary a time or two but for the most part i understand the point that he's making same with so many of the other justices in the past but when i read alito's stuff and scalia's stuff it, i mean it's i i'm it's sitting there with the dictionary yeah and i'm still lost sometimes yeah. but it's yeah. just such uh i think you'll
1: find that with kavanaugh too i think yeah i mean by the way talk about documents he he's he's I think he has 307 opinions in 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the Republicans and, and Grassley released, or Kavanaugh released, five times more documents,
0: yes, than any other judge in history. Any other judge, actually, yeah,
1: more than five of them combined. And I mean, right. ridiculous, yeah. So, um, but I think you you alluded to it a little bit in your introduction that conservatives, like, I'm not totally sure, you know, that's what, something that I think as conservatives we need to challenge ourselves a little bit because, um. Being conservative or being a, a conservative of, of, of religious persuasion, right. we need to be really careful right. that we don't allow the judiciary to be independent. Right. So I'm a legislator, right? I'm an right. activist. And right. oh, you bet I want Rovers' Wade turned over. Right. You know? um, which, by the way, one of the questions that came from a local senator, um, uh, Klobuchar of Minnesota, it was interesting. Um, she wanted Kavanaugh. She questioned him really hard. Wanted him to say that Roe versus Wade is now "quote unquote" settled law because right. it's forty-five years old, right. and I, it was hard to be quiet, to yeah. sit there and be quiet because I went so Dred Scott. Right, we yeah. should have just left that. because right. should That was, that, kept was nearly, because, that was nearly ninety years yeah, old, I believe. Was Yeah, it was. So, so, so what? Yeah, we're not going to write the age of it is stuff? irrelevant. Yeah, yeah totally irrelevant. And right. she's sitting there as one of our senators, and I, th- I think she's an attorney. I'm, yeah, pretty sure. And I'm looking at her, going, "Whoa." That is the poorest legal argument yeah. I've ever heard but that kept going on for hour after hour
0: after
1: hour yeah. what is so you've worked
0: actively with pro-life issues with a lot of people and mm-hmm. and, and you talked about relationships earlier some yeah. of some of my relationship with you has, has given me access to other things I was yeah. able to interview John Ashcroft former Attorney General John Ashcroft I've been able to interview both Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina yeah. um, and some others because of the relationship that I've got with you and your relationship yeah. with other people and so on and um, but one of the places where you've been really active and worked really hard is in the issue of abortion and women's rights and 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 some of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and And your action in that realm, what is the what is the fascination with Roe versus Wade? Among the radical left, because if they were to overturn it today, not much would really change at all, would it? It's, it would just as simply it would go back to the states. So the abortion laws, say, in California might loosen up, actually. yeah. And the abortion laws in Missouri or North Dakota would, would maybe tighten up a little bit. But for the most part in North Dakota here, we've got some pretty strong pro-life well, laws already anyway.
1: We do. And we do have something actually on the books that I was part of passing um, called the abortion trigger bill. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, back to your original question, why why are they so unhinged? Because right. they were. I mean, yeah, in the hearing yeah, and, and like, in the back, you know, they were screaming and hollering and yeah. stay out of my vagina and all that lovely language, right. you know. Um, three things. Number one, science is now showing us 3D images. We, we, we're educated. Our kids go, wait a minute, that, that's a child. It's right. viable. You can be born at 23, 24. It's viable. Yeah. So we're finally, science is finally catching up with policy, right? Secondly, um, why are they afraid of letting the people have the power? Because mm. if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, because it's a false, it's a, it's built on a completely uh, legal false um, uh, foundation, it goes back to the states. Mm. So go, if you want free abortion, go and move to California or Massachusetts or New York. If you don't live in North Dakota or Missouri. Right. I mean, it's that's how the yeah. There's really not
0: it. much going to change at all.
1: No. And number three, which is the ugliest part of it, money, money, money. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. Money. Planned Billion Parenthood dollars. is... Billion-dollar industry.
1: Yeah. Our own Senator Heidi Heitkamp, who, by the way, refused to meet with me while I was there for two days, um, has huge support from Planned Parenthood. And and I think they've gone, and, and even in a spiritual sense, if I may go there, some of the people, they're just crazy about it. And it's personal to them. They've experienced an abortion. They've gone through it. So they're they're building a wall around themselves saying it it was okay that I did that. Mm. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay, damn it, it was right. okay, right? Yeah. So um that's the personal part I think is is sad. But there's no doubt in that hearing there were three issues from the Democrats that came up. Um Trump, anti Trump syndrome, like you won't believe. Oh yeah. And of course the judge can't comment on anything like right. that. Abortion and gay marriage; those were the three issues they hit over and over and over again.
0: And it, you mentioned the Trump thing. I've been it's it's strange to me because I was actually I was not a Trump guy. I, I was know. A, I was a I was a uh, I was a Ted Cruz, and I was even a never Trumper guy for a for a, a good remember. person of time. I was not. I did not trust Donald Trump at all, and I, it's funny to me because I get accused of being a Trump sycophant now, and I'm still not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I try to if he does something right, I try to point that out and acknowledge it. If he does something stupid, I try to point that out and acknowledge that as well. Where does this? Because I've said before, one of the things that that is mind-numbingly stupid to me when it comes to. This Trump stuff. There's there's nothing he could do, at all. That's right. I I mentioned up if with the John McCain thing, if he had tweet when he tweeted out, you know, his condolences, you know, then it's well, why did you say this before about McCain? But if he hadn't said anything, they said, well, why hasn't Trump said anything? But if he had said something negative, and they would have said, well, see, he's such a jerk. There's there it would have there was nothing he could have done. To, to get it right in yep. that situation. And it seems to be with every issue that Trump talks about, there's no way the, the radical left in the media, there's no way, it doesn't no. matter what he does, it's going to be wrong. They'll figure out a way to say it's wrong because this. Where do you feel like in, in your world, in the politics and, and of local politics and being involved in all these national issues and things like that, where does that come from? Is that... Because this seems to me, I've only, I'm have i only 43, but I've been around politics and paying attention mm-hmm. to it most of my adult life as well. But this seems unique. I mean, they hated yeah. Reagan yep. back in the 80s, yep. and they hated George W. Bush, but it didn't seem to have this level of virulence. Intensity. It, yeah. You know,
1: I think um, the number one answer to that is success. Mm. He's actually doing what he said he was going to do, and mm. he doesn't care what do you think about it? What do you do to him? Right. He's, he's, in, he's even different from Reagan. Reagan came from the outside, granted, from California, right. but he'd still been in governor. You know, yeah, he'd been in politics been, yeah, for a while. Well, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the phenomena here, and, and I was with, like you, you know, I was a Ted Cruz delegate. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't like what I see like, oh, if you don't believe in everything Trump says or does, it's right. you know, yeah. crazy. It's right. stupid. It's yeah. just not even using your brain. But I support, look at the results, is what right. I'm saying. The results speak for themselves the behavior sometimes no i don't like him calling women dogs and right but, but who cares right so because what were what were they calling Kavanaugh from the back of the room Right, i, I won't even repeat those yeah, words his daughter was... sitting there was yeah. evil so i think it's success they actually are facing inside the swamp if you want to call it that or inside washington they're facing somebody who's not part of the club he's not part of the inner workings of government he's not part of how it how we do things around here period right yeah. we can see that trickle down some of that trickles down actually to the state level too because there's times some of us locally legislators doesn't matter what I say or do or they'll, they'll flip it
0: mm-hmm. if
1: they hate you they hate you right. they're just going to hate you so, yeah. so you're ugly you're fat your mom was fat and, and, right. <laughs> and you, you hate uh, you know yeah. puppies and you hate gay people you hate men I mean it's just it's just rhetoric yeah. because they're afraid of what you're accomplishing so I think that's where it's deemed they are so afraid of what he's accomplishing right. because it is so against their core beliefs um, even, even seeing a former president come out and do what he's doing, it, it, there's no respect to the core yeah. anymore. Like, when you're done, be done.
0: Right. And, it, and for the know. longest time, that's the way it was. That kind of changed with Bill Clinton, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, it, up until that point, the, the president, when you were, you just kind of faded off into yeah. the wild blue yonder kind of thing. Um, okay. So let's, th- th- that's another discussion. I'll maybe have to have you back on another day, but let's, let's kind of come back to the judge Kavanaugh thing because there's been, he's been, he's been pretty solid on, on second amendment stuff. Mm-hmm. He's been very solid on first amendment stuff, even to where some conservatives would go, eh, that seems, I wish he would have went the other way, but he's been really tough on first amendment issues. The only concerns I've heard people kind of level is some of the fourth amendment issues, search and seizure kind of thing. Um, You know, the, he, he was, he sided with the government on some of the NSA wiretapping stuff and, and whatnot. Is, was there anything in, in your circle of, of influence and the people that you've talked to that they were really concerned about and went, you know, I really like Kavanaugh, but boy, if this case comes, we could be in trouble, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail um, on the head with the, with the Fourth Amendment, but I think also what you have to look at in this man, he worked, he was literally in the White House yeah. on nine eleven, right? So, and he alluded to that even with the powers of the presidency, mm-hmm. uh, the power of the government as far as uh, uh, spying or whatever, and you know, how do you how do you how do you balance, and he, he talked about that a lot in the hearing, even being questioned by, by Republicans, how do you balance the safety of the American citizens, the actual safety, life and death, right. with the privacy issue? And I think, I'm not a scholar, um, and I and I think, yeah, let's watch him on that, but um, I think this Constitution is clear but foggy on some of it because right. of modern, modern technology, right? right. Yeah. And he even acknowledged that. He said... Technology raced ahead, like uh, online, uh, IT, Wi-Fi stuff, and we're running behind, catching up.
0: Yeah,
1: running behind, catching up. On how, how do how do right. we apply? Well, the we're constitutional... trying to apply.
0: Yeah, we're trying to apply some of the 1934 information to yeah. and radio stuff and and TV yeah. stuff to. And to that came up the several Internet. times. And yeah. that yeah. actually
1: came up from the Republican Times several yeah. times. And he said, "Yeah, it's something we need to look at." Yeah, but I think what he kept coming back to, and he got emotional several times. He said, "My loyalty is to the Constitution." Mm. And I and I, I tell you what, sitting there for two days, you know, fourteen hour days, um, you get a feel for the guy, for his right. family. Yeah. Um he could go into the private sector and make tens of millions. The guy is brilliant. Right. Yeah, and somebody said, "Why aren't you doing that?" He uh, graduated from a Jesuit um, high school, I think. He's yep. Catholic. Went to Yale. And yeah, and right. then he said, "I can't remember what the logo of that Jesuit high school was or was something," but. Anyone but you, or something like that. Like, right? Sir. Yeah, it was there? Yeah. And boy, this guy is a public servant yeah. through and through. He got he, he gets emotional about it. He makes what, hundred and sixty thousand? Right. Nothing.
0: One of the one of the rulings that he was a part of was, and I'm trying to kind of rack my brain and think through some of the the mountain of information I've read, was related to um, how now I lost my train of thought. He was anyway. It was it was related to some some personal liberty type stuff mm-hmm. like it's 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 my business i can do what i want with it um and there were some concerns from the left that he was going to you know allow you know people to start discriminating against gays or yeah. you know transgender or women yeah. or whatever i mean pick a, a protected class that he was going to um to to allow for all of this Was there anything brought up in the hearings about that particularly?
1: Absolutely. Several times. Um, The Oberfeld case, of course, with gay marriage. Oh, right. And his answer consistently was this equality under law for all Americans. Okay. You know, freedom of religion for all Americans, regardless of what your religion is, regardless of anything, regardless of any, I can't quote him, but color, sex, gender, you name it, equality. And I, and I think that's, Marriage came up obviously, and and that throws a really a monkey wrench right into it a little bit, Brad, because again, there's nothing in the constitution per se. There's no right or or to any marriage whatsoever, and I I think we're going to have to face this one day that um, I'm conservative, of course, but we're going to have to face that should the government be involved in marriage at all, right? And why is it involved? It has to do with taxation, has to do with protection of offspring of 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 marriage. Um, so it, so. He didn't comment detailed on any of those things because he can't because it's coming before right. the court okay, you know? so he's very consistent and they tried to trip him up trying to make him talk about specific cases specific. He could only talk about decisions he'd done he can't talk about any potential, whether it's the gay marriage issue Roe versus wade privacy uh, impeachment that was a big one too impeachment um, the the authority of the president executive branch, the authority of the executive branch right and he repeatedly answered like every other judge has ever, I yep. I, I can't comment on that. Yeah. So, um, but I think, yeah, I, I think some of those privacy issues and the equality issues, they're going to come up. Their case is pending right now.
0: One of the things, one of the other ones that he was, he was a part of, and I, I had to go to, back to some of my notes on this. He, he was a part of a, a decision in 1984, Chevron USA versus natural yep. resources defense council. And he said this, he said, To begin with, speaking of that decision, to begin with, it has no basis in the Administrative Procedure Act. So Chevron itself is an atextual invention by the courts in many ways. Chevron is nothing more than a judicially orchestrated shift of power from Congress to the executive branch. Moreover, the question of when to apply Chevron has become its own separate difficulty. That seems to me to indicate he's not a big fan of the executive power or executive branch having a whole lot of
1: power. That case came up a hundred times. Did it? Okay. 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 They referenced that quite a bit and uh, there was a couple of other cases too and I can't remember which one. Nixon Nixon versus back in uh, um, early 70s, late 60s, whatever. There was a Nixon case and of course I'm not uh, a lawyer but yeah, I think that's what the left is afraid of. They hammered him hard. Can the president do this? Can the president do this? And, and it came down to the core issue was if the president is a criminal, which they literally said. Right. Uh, Booker, Harris. Right, yeah. Uh, Blumenthal all said he's, he's, he's breaking the law. He's a criminal. He should be indicted. And over and over and over again, um, Kavanaugh said no Americans are above the law. However, there is providen- uh, provision for um, the president, executive branch, and some uh, soldiers that are in uh, acute situations for the interest of the nation right. overseas, yeah. where, yes, they will be indicted eventually if they broke the law, but it's a, a matter of timing. Mm. And he kept saying that. It's not a matter of they won't be indicted. Right. We have just decided in the Justice Department for some like 80 years or whatever, I've decided a sitting president— Unless it's something like he, you know, right, was yeah. a nuclear bomb. Up. Right. I mean, you, yeah. but, then, yeah, but then, murders Congress, the
0: vice president on the White House yeah, lawn or exactly. something like but that. Guess right. what?
1: We have then. We have the Congress can impeach him. Yeah. So, but the indictment of a criminal case for a sitting executive, yeah, officer like him, like the president. Well, and or, even
0: even as even now, I don't know state senators it's the same way, but even as as um, federal senators and and representatives, yeah, yeah. they can't be arrested if they're going to capitol hill for a vote i mean there's yeah. that's it's more complicated than that but it's the, a little that's, more complicated right but, but that's the basic idea is that and it's so it's so police officers yeah. at the at the uh advice or or instruction of the executive branch yeah. can prevent members of the legislature from voting to change the outcome
1: because can you imagine a political mayhem if i knew the police chief and i was a you know republican right. i don't want police yeah to i don't want this vote and, to pass so, so let's just, make sure no. we get
0: nancy pelosi pulled over Unless on a trumped for, up you know, speeding whatever. charge or yeah. whatever to prevent her from voting.
1: Same in in North Dakota. I know for a fact, like we can't be sued as lawmakers for our vote, right? Or what we, right. you know, I mean, you can't do that. You have to let the 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 elected officials and the constitutional republic function, right? But nobody's above the law, right? So it's you may about be
0: removed from office and then had to and del- then have dealt with, yeah. yeah.
1: And there are some that I mean should have been right. Been, <laughs> Some that didn't win election that probably should have been so, um, but you know this whole notion that 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 Trump uh, is a criminal and breaking U.S. law is 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 just ridiculous. So as it relates to
0: these hearings, some of the you you talked about the unhinged behavior oh, of some of mm-hmm. that. I think Kavanaugh, for the most part. I don't see this going on any other way than him being confirmed. As not much as the, anyway. the the Democrats want to shout and scream and holler, and as far as the documents, by the way, bringing this up, you mentioned Cory Booker and some of the stuff because Booker accused uh, you know everybody of oh. not releasing documents. I, I I read recently, just last night I think, or maybe the night before, um, that every single request that they made for a document of uh, the Democrats had made for a, a document was. Was granted. acknowledged and granted. Yeah. There was nothing held back.
1: Oh, I was sitting there when Booker did his little Spartacus thing. And when yeah. he did that whole show. Right. That night, and, and we, we were in Grassley's office quite often, except right. for the day that they occupied. Right. They occupied Grassley. Right. There was about 50 of them in there. And they left them in there, let them sit and if, if
0: you can, If you can see on the, if you could see me right now, you could see how far my eyes roll back like, in my head.
1: So we were standing right there and we were like, and then by the way, CNN was there. And they were covering the protesters. And right. one of our gals from Concerned Women for America went over to talk to him, and she goes, we don't have p- time for people like you. So CNN only wanted to talk to the protesters, did not right, want of to talk. Because she had a T-shirt on that said right. Women for Kavanaugh, right? Right. So anyway, no. Um, so Booker did that whole show. It was a stunt. He's running in 20. Yep. Um, probably and Harris together, maybe. I don't know. But right. it was a stunt. Everybody knew it. We'd been in Grassley's office. Cornion from Texas and Grassley sat there and just, just rolled their eyes because yeah. it was so theatrical. It was... Literally a circus. And I think it was either Mike Lee or Ted Cruz said, shame on us. Not on Kavanaugh, not on this audience, not on even the protesters in the back. Shame on our institution of a Senate that we can't conduct a better hearing than this. Right. And he threw it back on, on Booker. But no, Booker was just grandstanding. So you sit yeah. and watch Fox News and CNN. You go, oh, my gosh, he's so brave. No. Yeah. He, he, didn't, did. he didn't. There was no Spartacus moment. Right. He, it was a scripted thing. And then, of course, every eight to ten minutes— three days in the back of the room. They were screaming outbursts and um, some that I wouldn't repeat. um, We just didn't pay them attention. We didn't even look. We just, they just stopped and then dragged them out. And as soon as they dragged them out, by the way, I was outside one time, you know, they're fighting and oh like falling on the ground and just going to get Bruce. And and as soon as they get out, out the doors, they just start laughing and put their hands forward, gets get arrested.
0: Yeah. And and then next day they're back. Yeah. 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 So it was all paid for. And Cruz makes a good point. Shame on the Senate for allowing it. Yeah, right.
1: But it's freedom of speech, and I think Grassley decided, sure, come on in, holler and scream, do your well, thing. But you, e, e, there's a difference between freedom of speech and mob rule, right. right? And and I mean, his two young daughters sat there, and they came back the third day. Did they? Uh, yeah, and they brought about twenty other classmates. Nice. And uh, it was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I would. I would think that there's. I'm. I'm somewhat of a. I recognize the value of a good stunt as much as anybody does, yep. and and so for me, if I'm Grassley, I want that to go on because I want people to see it. Yep. I want to see the childish nature yep. of the radical left because, and and I've made this argument before, and you and I've had this discussion off the air and, and just in personal conversations that that the 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 standard cons- or um um classical liberal mm. in in the United States is becoming a uh, an endangered species if you will. The most of the North Dakota Democrats I've said for the most part are your classical liberals. They still believe in the 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 liberties of of you know I should be able to own a gun if I want, yeah. the, you know personal liberty and personal responsibility, all of those sorts of things and I should be able to own my business and do what I want with my business and yeah. and all that. But the the radical left has so infected the Democrat party that they're there are very few of the the classical liberals left anymore. Yeah, is am I am I no, overstating right. that? Like
1: in my district and across the, the state, when I talk to to, to uh, Democrats, many of them voted for me, they feel they feel like the party has left them. Right. So right. so no, they've been from the from the nonpartisan league way back in the twenties. Yeah. Been, their family have been Democrat and and they believe in the farmers' right and and get your product to market without being totally screwed by big business and right. a lot of other good things, but I think when it started with the abortion thing, with other things, and now it's a California, New York, Massachusetts, Oregon party, right? Right. Chicago, let's throw Chicago. Yeah,
0: Chicago. And
1: it's not working for them. Yeah. So I think we're still in North Dakota, and I, you know, um, I always say that. Yeah, I'm a Republican, and I'll, I'll, I'll fight for Republican uh, candidates. But like I said, a hundred times in six years, tried to meet with Senator Hackham. She's a Democrat mm-hmm. from North Dakota. She represents me. In six years, I have never been able to meet with the lady or any of her staff right i take it back one time i think on an iran deal um there's something wrong with that yeah there's something really wrong with that i've mentioned you know
0: i i my radio show is on the third largest radio station in the entire state yeah and i have offered i have straight up offered that i would give mrs heitkamp a full three hours on my show uninterrupted with with nothing more the only stipulation be that that she would be required to take calls yeah. from, from listeners. No, she doesn't do that. And and she's never taken me up on it. And I know I know her staff listens. They they oh, sure. they try to pretend but I've actually gotten phone calls on the air. Um, we have caller ID. I've actually gotten phone calls where I checked the caller ID, where the phone number was coming from. It actually came from a phone number owned by the North Dakota Democrat Party. Yeah. So I know they're listening, and I know they're engaging well, sure they the are. show, and but they they refuse to. But, and I've tried to call her office directly and, yeah. and request an interview, and I get the exact same answer. She's too busy. But th- she that's so bizarre because it. it's
1: an election year, so that tells me yep. you don't want this. You don't want to win because – North Dakota isn't necessarily divided Republican Democrat. We kind of vote. Not for quite as bad persons. as most places. Yeah. yeah, we vote for personality. We, right. I, I like you. I, I trust yep. you. I'm going to vote for you. Yeah, um, she's not playing that card this time, and, yeah. and that's. Uh, makes me wonder if she really is as hungry for the seat as she was in well it uh, makes
0: me also wonder how infected she has become oh, by the very, swamp very, you know because that, that's the other thing right is is the swamp and this is uh, as I mentioned before my good friend Dave Hughes is running in Minnesota and actually just got endorsed by President Trump, Trump yes, himself received an actual official endorsement from the president himself and and th- this is the conversation that him and I have had off the air privately I've said Dave you know, if, if you're going to do this, the, the, the number one thing is, as a friend, mm-hmm. I need to tell you is you need to maintain your integrity. Yeah. If it means you don't get reelected, yeah. you maintain your integrity and you let the election go and you let somebody else have the seat. Yeah. Your integrity matters more than exactly. the seat. And, and and he seems to get that. And he, he, has, he has had that same mentality. And he said, yeah, it's just. I don't need this. He's had a successful career in, in various things. And so.
1: Well, the important thing is to remember whether it's local politics or nation, that title doesn't belong to you. It belongs right. to the people. And if you can just remember that, this is mm. not, I'm senator.
0: Right. That
1: title is not my title. Right. It's on loan by the people in my district. Right. Same uh, in DC, but the pressure in DC is enormous. Going back to Heitkamp, I don't think she ever got the leadership role and the power she wanted in DC. Right. It, she just didn't and right. schumer they run a tight ship whether it's pelosi or back when it was reed or, or now schumer y- you follow the caucus mm-hmm. if you don't follow the caucus yeah. you're out of here remember way back yeah. when um what's his name uh, from uh, up michigan on um, the obamacare thing when the oh yeah um, um it was the 12 of them uh, yep. him, he led it oh gosh he was a pro-life democrat yep and i can't remember his name yeah, but pelosi I know you're said, about. oh you know, You know, no, no, no. You know, I I promise you, there's not going to be provision for abortion. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. Got him to vote with them, and then turned and walked up to the floor because Bachman told me this, Michelle Bachman. Right. Up to the floor to him, uh, Bart, Bart. um, Oh, what was his name? Anyway, he said, "You will." Pelosi went right in his face. You will never, ever have a committee. Nothing. You'll be in the basement of this. And eleven of those twelve Democrats didn't run again the next time.
0: Oh, yeah. Because they didn't follow the. Right, they mob rule. Yeah. You know, there's. You know, I've said. I've said several times. Bart Stupak. There you go, Stupak. Yeah. Yeah. So I've said several times uh, that in in multiple conversations with hundreds of people, uh, I really truly believe that in order to fix a lot of what's going on with Washington and the overreach of the federal government and all that kind of stuff, a lot of what needs to happen is is someone needs to be willing to fall on the sword. And in reality, a lot of someones need to be willing to fall on the sword. But they're afraid that if I fall on the sword and I take that, f- and, and I go down in that fight, won't I won't get reelected. Exactly. But here's, here's what I believe about that. I really truly believe that if a lot of those someones, let's just say 300 members of the representatives, uh, House of Representatives and 60 senators, decided, you know what, Social Security is a huge problem it needs to be fixed and we're going to put together a bill and it's going to be unpopular and our constituents aren't going to like it. And people are going to probably yep. not vote for us, but it's the right thing to do to solve this problem. Yep. I guarantee you every one of them would be reelected in a landslide. I, do I, do I, I really truly believe that. And so I, I'm not sure I understand where this push to, to, to go along and get along kind of mentality it's comes in Washington.
1: Because I think now with social media, people are more aware because I mean, I took some votes in, mm-hmm. in Bismarck that that were not popular with some people. Because I believe long term, right, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, especially with the budget. Um, I, I'm taking some. I'm questioning Health and Human Services. Not that the budget is bloated. I'm questioning some of these budgets. We're we're we're, we're basically what we do in Bismarck when we sit in session is take care of your business. Mm. Take, we take care of the business in North Dakota. Right. It isn't ideological this or ideological or constitutional this. It's here's the checkbook. You know? Right. We have to. Who who gets what money and um, and we're going to disagree on some of that. I think the key thing is, like you said, do what's right for the sustainability of, of, not just now but our kids and grandkids, right? And do what's principled and right, and then stick with it. But have an open mind um, and don't hate each other. You know mm. that, that's become when you go to D.C. too. It's insane yeah and it's coming here too yeah I mean i I did it I did, a, know, I did an interview with
0: crazy. I did an interview with Todd Herman a while back Todd mm-hmm. Herman is a he's a radio host from from Seattle Washington okay. he feels like she feels in for rush because I saw you go oh okay. yeah I recognize that name he feels in for rush uh, Limbaugh yeah. from time to time so I did an interview with him one time about the craziness of some of the stuff that's going on in mm-hmm. Seattle and and the the Seattle City council voting to to add this per employee tax and some of this other stuff. And and I it, he said something I can't remember what he said but it's stu- it's it struck me so I said I said these people are real. Like yeah. this isn't this isn't some we joke about this stuff out in North Dakota that these kind of people exist in California and whatnot I said but you're telling me like this is a these people really truly exist and he kind of laughed and he said yeah he said they really exist he said but but Brad don't don't think that they're not coming your direction. They're not there yet, but they're on
1: their way. Oh, well, they're in Cass County. Yeah, they're in Grand For- I mean, yep.
0: So urban um, areas. Yep. Yeah. So, so you talk about hatred and and you, the the thing you said, don't hate each other. The the how much of the the Kavanaugh stuff coming back to that again, as mm-hmm. that was kind of the the focus of the interview. Yeah, but sure, coming but yeah. coming back to that, I, you and I will will go till midnight tonight. You and yeah. I just talking yeah. about this kind of stuff if we if we let it, but. um with with all of the, the Kavanaugh stuff and, and the, the grandstanding and the shouting and the screaming and the whining mm-hmm. and yelling in the back of the room, how much of that was just grandstanding, maybe even, and, and I don't want to get into the world of conspiracy theory, but paid protesters or whatever, and how much of it do you think was genuine and these people just hate Trump and everything just, he stands for? Just
1: from what I observed, I would say, I mean, this is roughly, I would say 60, 70% was just paid for grandstanding because the way they did it was so, um, it was copycat. Mm. It wasn't like you stood in the back and go, hey, I don't believe this. It was like, Rah! like, 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 I mean, it's just like shrill, really, shrieking, like, like you yeah. sit really quiet and you look at your partner next to you and you go one, two, three. And you, And I've been in a lot of things with protesters, right. but that's more generic. Like you do right. it out of your, there was a couple of people that I saw. One woman specifically had a t-shirt on um, uh, about, you know, productive rights. And then, um, something on the back of the t-shirt she's the only one who had it that said something so I, I, basically she told us uh, my abortion has saved my life it said and she was milder mm. and I wanted to go up to her I didn't have a chance because of secret service and other things but uh, and go how did it save your life because she has a story mm-hmm. and and she's an American with a right. story and, yeah. and I don't and that's know that's the
0: story I want to hear
1: I don't, I want to hear that story yep. too and then I want to and, then, I, and then, then you can engage in a conversation right. right just the same as we do here I would, I would love right. to sit down with any of any of these people and talk to them, but they paint you or they paint Kavanaugh uh, as a murderer, killer. You're going to destroy my life, uh, they've done that to me. You know, that, yeah, oh, you yeah, hate yep. gay people, you hate, oh, babes. I've been
0: accused of all kinds of, yeah, yeah phobias, yeah, I'm and, phobia, yeah. Yeah. and, and
1: yeah. you just go, Do you even know me? Yeah, no, I never talked to you. Oh, why don't we sit down and talk? And then I, I don't hate anybody to my knowledge, yeah. but um, so so I think that's kind of the divide that's happening, and some of that is spiritual, it really is, because I think. Uh, The abortion issue and other issues are actually fundamental. They come up every election. It was the number one thing that the Democrats were afraid of with Kavanaugh. And they should be afraid because hopefully we'll get another judge on Ginsburg. I think likely Trump will get another one before next session. And if he gets reelected, he'll probably get four or five. So that is scary to them. Right. Because they actually fundamentally think Roe versus Wade is their constitutional right. So. So that's where the core battle is, and people go, "Oh, you got to stop talking about life, Yana." Really? Yeah. But, no, I I do a lot of other stuff too, right. Brad. But fundamentally, that comes up every yep. every every time. That is the fundamental right, is a right to life. And well, the, I mean, that and away. that's
0: really where it starts, right? I mean, yeah. you can have this if you if you don't have a if you don't have, if you're not alive, the Second Amendment doesn't apply. No, and if you're not alive, yeah. don't apply. Yeah. Um, if you're not alive, it doesn't matter if anybody's searching your your vehicle vehicle or nothing. If you're not alive, none of the, everything else matters. Yeah. So, and and I'm with you and, and you and I've had this conversation at at great length and, and I've, I've, I've not gotten into it much on my, on my, uh, on my podcast yet, but one of the, one of the shows that or one of the, the, the issues that I've taken on as a, is pro-life issues Mm -hmm. and the issue of abortion. And I've got a 21 year old daughter who is, um, my hero as it relates to pro-life issues. Um, she actually changed my mind. You know, I'm pretty mm-hmm. conservative. She was raised in that home. And so she, she knows what we believe as a or what I believe is as, as her father and, and what we've kind of come to agree on as our family. These are our core values. These are the things that we all agree on. And one of them has always been life, but she, I, I, w- I was up until I don't know, a couple of years ago talking to her, I was willing to allow for it because as a man, I have no idea. I can't, I, yep. you know, in the issues of rape or, yep. or incest and in the issue of the life of the mother, I had no, I, I just, as a guy, I I can't even fathom to have to figure out how to answer those questions because yep. they just don't affect me. As a man, biology doesn't allow for me to be, a part, be a part yep. of that discussion. Yep. And so... So we were talking, I was talking with my daughter about this one time and she, she said to me, she said, dad, this is how I see it. She said, as a, as a woman, if I were to be raped, that baby is still a baby. And I would never think that we should send the father to jail or the, the baby to jail or punish the baby. If the father, you know, robbed a bank, yeah. we would never punish the, the fa- the, the baby. If the dad was a murderer or yeah. worse or whatever. So she said just because the father of this baby is a rapist doesn't mean we murder the baby. We punish we well, punish the father. Yep. Yeah, we punish the father. We don't punish the baby because yep. dad's a rapist, we punish dad yep. and send him to jail. Yep. And then we figure out how to raise the baby in in these difficult circumstances. It's just so she said, in my mind, there is no rape is not an acceptable but
1: She's she's a young woman, so reason, she didn't say
0: that. Yeah, right. She's twenty one years old. So,
1: Plus she has the authority as a, as a woman. As a woman. To to have the right to go through that in her mind and her heart and, yep. and figure out, not only that, yep. but she has figured out that she's strong enough. Right. Which, I, if I can talk to women out there, oh, my goodness, we have gone through yep. hell reproductively for yes. millions of years, right? Yes. Just whatever you believe, millions yeah. or thousands. thousands yeah, or whatever. whatever, yeah. Um, every every one of them. And so we have authority to speak on it. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, sadly, as it is, you're a man, so potentially you could be a rapist. So. Yeah you kind of lose your authority right. to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. And we do have the authority. So, so I tell uh, young women all the time, and I think conservative women or women of faith, whatever, You know, I just firmly believe that it's a horrific difficult— I've been there with those women. I've been in the gutter with some yeah. of those sex-traffic women. They're Just horrific stories. But when they rise above and realize that that ass of a guy that hurt me, whether it's my father or my brother or my or rapist— I'm not going to give him victory right. again over this child. Yep. Just like your daughter said, there's an empowerment there and there's adoption. There's a lot of options. Yep. But life life throws your curveballs, right? And that's one of the absolute worst ones. And we shouldn't yeah. take that away from a woman, that horror that she's going through. Right. It's absolutely horrible. But I want to empower them and say, like, like your daughter said, don't punish the wrong person. Yeah. And yeah, you will go through suffering. Right. And, and we all do one way or another and as a woman I can talk about it right. Brad because you don't know if I've gone through it.
0: Right. And then the other thing that she said, so uh, so I've said in, in the issue, uh, in that particular issue, if it's yep. good enough for my daughter that's the stance that I'm going to take. Yep, I'll agree with her I, because I, 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 I can't speak to that. Good. The other yeah. thing that she said, is she said in the life of the mother, she said and this was this was amazing to me that my daughter and this is this is a few years ago she was 18 or 19 at the mm-hmm. time. So the 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 level of of maturity and her ability to kind of work through this in her mind and and come to this conclusion was I mean I get emotional talking about it. And she said she said as a as a mother if I am if I get pregnant and I am going to be a mom and the doctor comes to me and says you may die if you carry this baby to full term. Mm-hmm. It may kill you and you may die. You should get an abortion. My daughter has said that the response will be, no, I'm the mom. That's my job. If I have to lay my life down for my child, mm-hmm. that's my job. Mm-hmm. That's what moms do. That's powerful. And and I'm willing to take that chance. Mm-hmm. You say I might die. I say God's a powerful God and I might not.
1: And often they don't, and right. there are horror stories. Right, where you of do. course
0: there are, absolutely. absolutely. And 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 I would never ever diminish any woman no. for for making that no. choice. No, absolutely, I wouldn't. No. Uh, but that's a
1: very very mature.
0: But so. for my daughter to to come to that conclusion on her own, without me, because I actually had the opposite opinion mm-hmm. of her, and and her. Uh, so I've just come to say if, if it's good enough for my daughter, if that's the choice that she would make, then that's the choice awesome. that I would make. And so so that's where I stand so on some So when is she the...
1: going on a speaking circuit? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um She's actually um, – she's joined the National Guard. She's going to be uh, – oh. she's in the ROTC, so she's going to be Second right. Lieutenant uh, Schmidt in the oh, next boy. couple of months. And she has – she has uh, originally um, wasn't sure what she wanted to do with the National Guard, but she's looks like she's going to be moving into becoming a chaplain. In the oh, in the cool. in the National Guard, so wow. yeah, so which was an well, interesting she'll deal with that issue, then right, yeah, and which is another interesting discussion too, because that was you know my my grandparents were Mennonite, my okay. mom grew up in that kind of life, and so mm-hmm. m- I learned you know my grandma always said you know women aren't supposed to be pastors and all that sort of thing, yeah. so that was one of the concerns that my daughter had. She said, what does the Bible say about this? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like God is maybe calling me or leading me in this direction, but I'm not sure. If I'm misunderstanding it, because so me with a degree in biblical studies and, sure. and and so I'm having to kind of guide her through this. And I I just told her, I said, look, you know, if God's calling you to do it, who am I to disagree with him? Yeah. You, you know? What <laughs> I is mean, it Paul
1: says? Uh, everything is lawful, but not everything not, is.
0: Uh, yeah. Not everything is beneficial.
1: Beneficial. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, well, and in, and in, it also he also said that you know in in Christ there is no male or female there is no slave or free and and so anyway it it's uh, but anyway that all uh, we kind of we away. gotten yeah we've yeah we've gotten world. away and we've gotten we away talked from about is sports, sports yes well and yeah. I don't really care enough about sports <laughs> to you know I'm, a, I'm Serena Williams yo oh, well don't even get me started on that because I actually did plan on talking about that on my terrestrial yeah, show today yeah. the the that poor girl that Japanese tennis yeah. player just don't you know what the, the yeah, I know. Dis, sickening the way that the yeah, woman but was is, treated well,
1: see what's happened though just quickly the political argument yep. that we let go into that kind of a depth of depravity yep is now going into sports yeah that's the kavanaugh issue it's a serena williams issue it's entitlement right so it, it it's, it's tw- spread from politics to sports and of course it's always been in popular culture in hollywood but we're allowing it to spread
0: Yep, uh, a 20 year old so- newcomer to the sport I know, to win defeated a- w- one of the legends which is you going to happen yep, someday and is standing on the p- on the podium being booed apologizing yeah, for winning i know how sickening is that
1: now there's one thing i won't talk to you about i can go to dc i can handle you know national politics right don't talk to me about high school volleyball early because <laughs> i will get yeah just yeah hateful You're right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: anyway so with all of this um yeah, Yana, we should probably wrap things up here. Yeah. But to come back to Kavanaugh, the simple question, do you think he's going to be confirmed? Yes. I, I, I agree. Without question. In D.C., question. Yeah. the word was they have the votes. Yeah. They... Unless I'm...
1: Um, now, procedurally, the well, Democrats, there's, there's the Democrats f- can hold it up for seven days on a floor. Right. Procedure, and they will. Yeah. So he will be voted on nine days from right. today. Maybe even Monday or Tuesday.
0: There's there's a few... There's a like Heidi Heitkamp, that's, you know, if, Heidi, if she votes if, no, that's if a, she
1: notes no, she's done for. It. Th- yeah, that's it's a over. that's a
0: death nail in her yeah. in her coffin. She um in her campaign. My take on her,
1: honest, I think she'll vote for him. Yeah, she did for Gorsuch. I'll give her that. And 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 she said she was going to vet him and talk to him and, and scrutinize him. As anybody should. That's the Senate, senator's job. Um, unless she she sees that she's like fifteen, eighteen points behind next week, Kramer. And feels like she can't win. She might go out with a liberal bang and vote no,
0: right? And get a fat
1: check somewhere. Oh, from a lobby, lobby job or job somewhere. Or something. Yeah, I don't think so. though. Yeah, I think she. No,
0: I. I think. I think she's. I think she's yeah. got to at least put on the on the on the face.
1: Collins yeah. and Murkowski look like they're going to vote for him. Um, Man, Manchin, West Virginia. If he doesn't, he's in trouble too. So. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, Tester in Montana. No, don't trust him. No. But you know we need we don't need that many.
0: So. Yeah. Um, what do we need to look for? Down the road, I mean, just in the in the in the world of politics, I know you've been involved in in pro life stuff, and you've said before that we're kind of at the end of that, not at the yeah. end of it, but we we've we've gotten about as you know, we've gone it's about as far you as we can go.
1: Up. Because in my state, you know, pro lifers come to me and said, "You didn't do anything pro life your first session, and what are do you doing this next session?" I said, "We we've done everything we we've done can it legally, yeah, legally it's on the books in our Um I think it's changing one heart at a time, now, one person at a time, which our pregnancy centers are doing around. Right. Around the world I think nationally um, we're just waiting for some cases to get to the Supreme Court I can challenge it uh, the Liberty class thing in 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 uh, Roe versus Wade I think nationally what's coming I think um, the tariffs obviously I work very very hard on AG issues and um, you're a farm your
0: you're family a farms yeah, yeah that's it's it's what not just yeah your husband and you're, yeah. yeah you guys you we're, put, we're just You put seeds left in left. the dirt and, yeah. and and then you cut them down at the end uh, of the yeah,
1: year. yeah right and I'm uh, actually a vice chair of uh, president's Trump's uh, Ag Advisory Group. Uh, okay. We don't talk directly to him, but we right. have conference calls and he does listen to our suggestions and we're holding on. You we, we, we agree with him on the tariffs. We agree with him on the trade. We just need it to be... Wait, wait, wait. So uh, go faster.
0: you say he, you agree with him on the tariffs because this is, this is the, the narrative that you hear in the media is that all the farmers in the country hate uh, Donald Trump no, because of true. the tariffs. Not true. And he's destroying family just, farms just one not, after another. Not
1: true. So as a conservative... Two things, real right. quick. Um, we've been we've been uh, screwed on trade for for forty right. eighty yeah. years, right? So yep. so people talk about losing a trade war, and we just start laughing. Farmers, we lost that already. Right. We lost four eight hundred billion. You know, yeah. Uh, whether it's soy, the problem is China needs our soy. Right. The soy from South America isn't high enough quality. It's not the right grade. We they need our. They're, they're hanging out. They're mad. The other thing with China, by the way, whole different discussion. But China was one of the original. Um, uh, capitalistic nations, very capitalistic. Now, communism, Mao took over, and leadership still ob- obviously isn't. But they're they're creeping into more capitalism. Right. The young people in China want open markets. Uh, there's 30 million men in China that are have no prospects for weaning a woman because the one child policy. Right. All those cultural things are actually going to have an economic effect. I think right. they'll cave. Canada will come to the table. Uh, we knew Mexico, Mexico was already to has. The table. Yeah, yep. European Union have. Um, look away from the rhetoric from the president behind the scene they're working really hard really good people working hard no we're willing to stand but we did tell them even as a conservative that while we're holding out for you here we're hurting bad there's farms in Iowa Nebraska they're losing their land that's where that 12 billion well first 6 billion 12 billion quote unquote bailout of farmers and people go oh their farmers get more money farm bill well number one the farm bill is only 11% farming the rest is the food stamp program and and school lunches so that's a whole fake thing fake news thing but yeah people said well you're conservative you shouldn't believe in, in bailouts and I go this is not a bailout we're in a trade war Right. and we are hanging in for the future farmers not just right. with Trump but for future farmers for my son and others we need help to hang on here it's right. just like soldiers going to war well, why are you sending them food and ammunition they don't need that well they're at war so yeah they need yeah, food they and mean, ammunition yeah, yeah. so th- that sounds like a stupid uh, yeah. allegory but it's really the same because yeah, we have sense. huge loans and right now the ratio between uh, between input to a farm and 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 income, like what we put in loans, fertilizer, all that stuff, and it's we have a great lifestyle. We're blessed, so don't take this as I'm a complaining. Complaining, farmer. right? But my husband works harder now than he did probably twenty years ago. Mm. With no greater income. With no greater. So, income. So, 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 You're not getting a, a raise every. No. Every
0: cost of living no, increase every year. No, are you kidding? <laughs> you know?
1: So, uh, so, so, no. This is not about farmers complaining, and it, it's fake news. I mean, yes. Some growers are upset with the president, but they were probably leaning that way anyway. We need to hang hang in there, but we can't wait too long. Right, it's just reality. Yeah, we can't wait too long. Yeah, and-
0: so that you, you brought up something else here, and and now I can't remember what it was that I was going to ask you about before I let you go. But with uh, with the the trade stuff and Mexico, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. We'll have to I'll have to do this again. Yeah, and and talk some more um, as it relates to just. The the world in general, coming from Norway, your life growing up, mm-hmm. coming to the United States, seeing what you see, this – what I get really upset about, and I don't want to get into the Colin Kaepernick thing and all that kind of no. stuff because I really don't care. Yeah. Um, but what is – your view as we kind of tie this together because my my phone number the 866-766-1776 that that, that's a that's a a hint at you know the founding of this nation all this kind of stuff how as as somebody who who came from the outside and has adopted Mm -hmm. the united states as as your home Mm -hmm. um for most you know a majority of your life now um Mm. what does that kind of stuff say to you well, that hatred for the flag and the hatred for America. And, I think and- it's
1: disgusting. I think it's absolutely disgusting because, um, apart from when we have the Winter Olympics, mm-hmm. I'm 100% American. But <laughs> <laughs> Winter Olympics and our Norwegian cross country skiers, I'm sorry. I yeah. Just but, <laughs> well, um, we'll let that, we'll, we'll allow that. Allow we'll let that, yeah, that yeah, go. Yeah, I'll be exported now. Uh, <laughs> Now, I didn't come from a nation. I took an oath about twelve or fourteen years ago to become a citizen, and it's a very deep spiritual thing to do because you mm-hmm. renounce your own nation, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember standing there and I was right here in the in the courthouse here, federal courthouse. I don't come from a nation that's bad, right. It's a good. it's actually as capitalistic as yeah. America is right. The whole thing that Norway socialistic yeah right' laughable even didn't
0: didn't the the Prime Minister of Norway come out a few years ago, whatever when bernie Sanders and say. Dude, we, shut up. You don't yeah, know what you're talking exactly. about. We're not. And
1: so not only that, but our constitution in, in Norway was written in 1814. It was based on the American constitution. Mm. It, 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 there's only two or three living constitutions like that, and, and Norway has one very similar. So I didn't come from a nation that's like, oh, my gosh, thank God I'm here. But people stood behind me that I could ascertain when I swore in. were from a, a Muslim nation, likely, you know, right. or a authoritarian right. uh, nation, from their language. And when, after we had sworn in and were done, the, the woman – was two children, a husband and wife, and she spoke broken English and she started bawling. Mm. And she repeated over and over again, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm mm. safe. So every time I stand at a volleyball game, football yeah. game, whatever, and put my I'm absolutely proud to be an yeah. American. What I don't like is 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 Americans who have never been anywhere else, like Kaepernick, spoiled rotten, millions of dollars, have no comprehension of what people have paid for that freedom and that right. prosperity for them. As sliding the flag or sliding even the presidency. Yeah. We didn't do that during Obama. Right. We, I mean I didn't like right. Obama yeah. personally, but you just don't do that. Right. Because you if you want to do that, why don't you move to Iran? Mm. You know? So I don't have the same background as in oh I came from a horrible nation. Um, is it emotional sometimes when, when I go home to Norway or I you know, sure, because I'm you know, my, my, my roots were yeah. in a different nation. Right. But I probably just from our education system there know more about the constitution here than most Americans do, but um, no, I love America, and I am proud of the flag, proud of what Americans do. And a, a patriotic thing to me is a you can disagree with a nation, but you cannot be unpatriotic. So it bothers me greatly. And my kids are raised to uh, debate everything, test everything, check everything out, but don't ever slight the flag ever. All right. Well— Thank Your you Honor, so
0: much. Thank you for, for coming in and, and, and being a part of the, the, the Schmidt Show podcast. This is a, a new adventure for me, and That's and great. I'm enjoying being a part of it. And, you know, I don't know exactly where it's going to go. Um, I hope it's far because you yeah, gonna- Kind of trying to find my my feet with this. It's it's strange not taking commercial breaks. It's it's I love uh, it. you know I'm a terrestrial radio guy, yeah. so it's strange not taking commercial breaks and doing the weather and all that kind of I stuff. Know, right? But but uh, it's a lot of fun, and and I hope it continues to improve. But if uh, if I can find some more guests like you, I know it'll just get oh, better. So that'd be thank great. you thank you for coming in, and uh, we will we will talk with you again in a in a very very soon time frame, I guess. I'm Brad Schmidt. We'll see you next week.